0: Welcome back to the Millennial Marriage podcast. Oh, well, I, I guess you're doing the intro. I am here with right my now. wife Jane mm-hmm. who's trying to take over this the podcast. This is not
1: what we talked about. Well,
0: let's let's talk about how we get through this as a couple like the listeners want.
1: Okay. Well, welcome to the Millennial <laughs> Marriage podcast everyone. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs>
0: are, are you going to do the what we're talking about or am I
1: well what do you want to talk about because I, I have some ideas well
0: as the man in the relationship I get all approval of oh, all ideas so
1: God wow well, well,
0: let's let's hear them
1: you know lately I've been really proud about my cooking skills oh is that right yeah that's right
0: okay did you ask for approval on this oh my
1: no? god <laughs> so am I allowed to talk about this I'll allow for it. this I'll allow oh it. Okay. Yeah, okay so as you know
0: hold, hold, hold on I think we should call this, instead of millennial marriage, it should be, let's harken back to traditional marriage as it used to be.
1: And we just lost 15,000 fans. <laughs> as they go away. <laughs> we were negative fans anyway, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about this week?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we talked about a little bit on my cooking evolution. So you would say, from never cooking to, I'm pretty much Chiada De Laurentiis.
0: Whoa! Yeah. Wait, I think it's fair to say you were negative cooking. You were actually like averse to even attempting to cook.
1: I don't like knives.
0: Oh, well, that's good for me to know.
1: <laughs> so I remember when you first met me, I cut my steak with a fork and spoon.
0: That's true. That you. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about your cooking Filipino upbringing. And I would say this has less to do with being Filipino and more to do with your mom's dominance in the kitchen. Do you want to tell us and the listeners about what it was like growing up and the food that was or was not served by you or your mother during that time?
1: I don't really want to talk about it.
0: Okay. Well, let's Uh, move on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, obviously growing up, you know, my mom is, it's a very matriarchal type of house. I
0: think we've covered that. Mm
1: Mm-hmm and she does all of the traditional Filipino cooking. She's a very, very good cook. Um, and, you know, having a daughter, my sister, my sister kind of picked up some of the uh, cooking skills in the kitchen as my mom growing up got busier with work.
0: What skills are you talking about? So your mom's doing all the cooking, What is what skills is your sister? Cooking. Such as? <laughs>
1: Um, anything really with just regular, you know, very easy type of dishes in um, the Filipino culture, like a, adobo, which is can be made with chicken or pork, and it's sautéed in like soy sauce and garlic, and kind of you know marinated in that. And so it's a very very traditional type of dish. So my sister was starting to learn some of these easier dishes. I think mostly because, too, she had the responsibility of taking care of me and babysitting me when my mom uh, wasn't home because she had to go work. At the time, my dad was traveling back and forth from the Philippines to the States for his job. So he wasn't around a lot. And so my mom was almost like a single mom growing up. So I think my sister just ended up picking up some of these cooking skills because my mom needed her, too. Okay. So that left me kind of like, obviously, the baby that, you know, everybody cooks for. And growing up, I just never really had the need to learn how to cook because either my mom would make it, my sister would make it when my dad was around, he would make the dishes. And I was always just kind of like this younger, the youngest little baby kid that um, they would take care of.
0: So I was very pampered. (laughs) (laughs) Did you... When you were growing up, did you have any need or want to get into the kitchen? Or are you just happy having people put food in front of you on a plate and you just eating it?
1: The latter. The
0: latter, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Like I said, I didn't really feel the need to to learn. I mean, I loved my mom's cooking and nobody cooks and nobody will ever cook um, her dishes as well as she does. And so I even tell her, don't ever die so I can keep eating.
0: (laughs) Well, What's your favorite dish that she makes?
1: I mean there's so many, you know, she is just a, a broad range. but the most recent one for my birthday that I uh, had oh, requested yeah. that you hated, it's called Galleais, which is um, it's traditional like a peanut butter type of sauce. And then you can put meat like oxtail and stuff in there. But my favorite type of meat is beef tripe, which he always puts.
0: What is beef tripe?
1: Beef tripe is a pretty common in um, like Spanish or Mexican dishes. It's also very common in the Philippines, but it's a stomach lining and it kind of looks like a, it's a very, it has the texture of calamari pretty much.
0: Yeah. It looks like intestines on the inside of it. I know it's stomach lining, but it just looks very strange as me being the pampered American (laughs) and there's. Things that I'll eat at your house, but that is one of them. That it I is,
1: does not look like intestines. Intestines are like long and squiggly. This is just like a, it looks like a flank steak, but it has a, like a netting. Like, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, it looks like a squid with netting on the inside of it. Yes. yes. But it looks so strange.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I. it's just because I know that I associate it with something that's gross, but the smell really gets to me.
1: It's not even the smell. So the smell that he's talking about is you pair it with sautéed shrimp paste, which is like the salty paste, and then you put like garlic in it, and then you put um, pork in there too, like really, really fried crispy pork in there. I mean, sounds oh my delicious.
0: Gosh. It, the, your mom's cooking is quite good, but there are some <laughs> things that I, my little pampered – Um, American ass just cannot partake in.
1: Yeah, I mean, authentic Chinese food to you is orange chicken, so...
0: Hey, (laughs) (laughs) well, well, let's get back to (laughs) Jane's cooking evolution here. So growing up, you're not cooking at all. And would you say that if you wanted to cook something, you were allowed to cook something in the kitchen or was it off limits? Was it a welcoming kitchen? Was it a...
1: It was probably not. I would say it's probably not a welcoming kitchen only because... If my mom buys the ingredients and you know it's, she doesn't want it to go to waste. Okay. You know, growing up, it's like we never put, we never waste food, Mm -hmm. and so to to cook something and not do it well was a waste in my family. And so you know, if we got a nice cut of meat, she's the one that's gonna cook it because a, she spent money on it, and b, it's gonna go to waste if it's not cooked right.
0: So that kind of reminds me of when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. my mom was pretty good about letting me cook and stuff. But the one thing I was never allowed to cook was steak because it was always very expensive. Yeah. And she didn't trust me to not ruin it. It was the one thing that I was not (laughs) allowed to touch. And so it wasn't until I moved out that I felt that I could even cook steak myself. Mm -hmm. And even when I bought it myself, there was times where I was thinking, I don't want to ruin this. (laughs) And so that complex has been there for a long time for me.
1: Yeah. No, that's definitely something that I I grew up up with, with that mindset. Even today, you know, you tell me to be free in the kitchen and and make mistakes. But to me, in my mind, I'm like, no, it's a waste of ingredients.
0: (laughs) So you weren't cooking for a long time. Then we started dating. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know exactly how it came up, but I think I asked you. Hey, do you cook? And what did you say? Do you cook or not cook? I was
1: like, no, I do not cook yeah. at all.
0: It was a solid don't even ask me again type of
1: Yes. Vibe. I was like, you are going to do all the cooking if, you know, this goes anywhere. This was pretty early yeah, in you, our relationship where drew, I just yeah.
0: You drew a line and I was kind of sucked to hear that because my ex-wife actually didn't cook at all either. I'm like, <laughs> here we go again. I'm cooking forever all the time. But, you know, it was something I was used to. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a big deal, but it was a little disappointing, but it was something I could clearly cope with. Mm-hmm. And so for the first, what would you say, year maybe?
1: Yeah, I would say so. It's probably close to a year.
0: Yeah. You just didn't really cook. You just mm-hmm. accepted what I gave you.
1: I did, however, always clean.
0: You did clean all the time, which was really, <laughs> really nice. And I appreciated that. <laughs> and you, you're you a very clean person, which I also very much appreciate. Um that was
1: that was that was the one thing my mom taught me. If you can't cook, you gotta clean.
0: <laughs> and I, Rose, you are a saint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I cleaned up all of your stuff. Anytime you cooked, I would do the dishes. I'd clean the stove. You did, and it was very the nice kitchen. So
0: it was a nice little deal we struck. Mm-hmm. But you know, me being the greedy asshole that I am, mm-hmm. was not going to stop until you tried to cook. Because you did, because I remember. So this is important. I This is how it all started. Uh, for a while, I just accepted that the reality that my girlfriend was not going to cook for me, which was fine. But then as I'm cooking one day, I think Clearly it, was, it
1: was not fine. Oh, well, no, because
0: <laughs> here, here's the story. I was cooking in the kitchen, right? And mm-hmm. you were just kind of hanging out with me, talking and stuff like that. And I started to cook something. I don't remember what it was. It was chicken or something. I put it on the stove mm-hmm. and started sauteing it. You had the audacity to correct what I was doing, which she was, listener. she was right. I was doing it incorrectly, but I'll have you know, that was the end of the bullshit about her not cooking anymore because this girl, you know what? You don't cook. You don't know what you're doing. I get it, but then you're going to come into the kitchen and correct me what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, and it was something really specific and really like expertise on how to cook. It wasn't just like,
1: I mean, I watched a lot of food network at worst cooks and that was the extent of my cooking experience was watching <laughs> all the, all the chefs on that channel. And I, so I forgot what you were doing and I thought maybe, you know, Oh, maybe I'll give them a little tip. I learned from food network that I've never done. Yeah,
0: you're just <laughs> trying to be helpful, but I just went, okay, this girl isn't not cooking cause she doesn't know how it's because she's refusing. And that started the Michael's mission to get Jane to cook. And so what did we do to get you to start cooking? What did you finally agree to do?
1: I think it started with HelloFresh.
0: Add placement here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not sponsored by HelloFresh, but maybe. <laughs>
0: maybe. They do sponsor everything. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're uh, what do they call it? Customer accuracy acquisition cost has to be astronomically high.
1: They're always at the health fairs I'm at. It's yeah. weird. I mean, yeah. That's So basically, I, actually, I went to the health. So I was at a health fair, you know, promoting, obviously, my my clinic and our job. And HelloFresh is always at these health fairs. So I went over there, walked over, and I was like, what kind of deals do you guys have? they're like, oh, if you sign up today, you get a free whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it.
0: It yeah, was like that, two free meals. That's so shady, though. It's two free meals after you buy eight. Yeah, that's true. And it's free shipping, so you still spend a hundred and twenty dollars on your right. food. But anyway, so we did it. Yeah, we,
1: did it. <laughs> and we got we did the two free meals or whatever. That's right. And I remember one of them was a steak dish with mashed potatoes, and um, it was something with Brussels sprouts, I think.
0: Yeah, because we start we eat Brussels sprouts all the time. Mm-hmm.
1: Now. And then the second dish was completely new to me and you, which was a duck. It was duck. a duck breast.
0: It's the first time I ever had duck.
1: hmm And you know, you just follow the recipe, and you you know, and it's they have all the ingredients in there. It's it's really great portions.
0: It was really good food too. It
1: was really good food for sure. Um, I will say they give us some rotten shallots. So oh, hello wow. fresh, if you're listening, probably not. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I I want my fresh shallots. Wow. Yeah. This is a formal complaint.
0: <laughs> now, one of the things <laughs> I remember when you were cooking was that I just left the kitchen because I know one of the things you talked about with your home cooking life was that your mom was very hovery, if you will, when your sister would cook or even if you would attempt. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that you had all the space possible to just be screw up and learn and whatever
1: yeah you know i think it's just my mom being a mom where she needs to watch over and make sure everything's going okay but she probably doesn't realize it. it makes you more nervous in the kitchen having somebody watch you so closely exactly um but yeah no i really appreciated that there was you know space for me to do my thing i felt very comfortable and i think after that it kind of just awakened me to to cooking in general, you know, I end up enjoying it. Also, I got tired of cleaning up all the time, so I'm like, I better start learning how to friggin' cook.
0: Yeah, because then we switched roles <laughs> for a while. We, we basically have a deal now where if you cook, I clean, or vice versa, right? Yes, yes. And yeah, you really that was, and it's one of those things where when you start getting good at cooking and you enjoy what you create, it's uh, like you said, it almost unlocks this new mm-hmm. life that you can do, and you get creative. Right.
1: It's very satisfying, for mm-hmm. sure, to to know you made something and whoever you give it to enjoys that meal, and it's nice. So now you know, a year, two years later, we cook for my family, my mom, my dad, and they they are still like, I can't believe you made this. How come you never make stuff at home when you lived with us?
0: No, it was even worse than that, right? <laughs> so what did it? So they come over, right? And I was always the one that always cooked. Mm-hmm. and so they're just used to me cooking. I think you've always told them that I cook, and you yeah. didn't, and they know yeah. growing up that you didn't do anything as far as cooking. Um, And so when food was brought out, especially initially, they was like, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> and at first, like, oh, you're welcome. But then as time has progressed, I'm doing 50% or less of the cooking. All I'm doing is, like, the stuff on the grill,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're doing, like, literally everything else. <laughs> and it, we still put down all the stuff on the table. They're still – Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael.
1: I guess love is never having to say thank you, which means they love me more. I just have to think about that and then I'll cry at night before bed.
0: Well, with that.
1: (laughs) Now, Michael. Yeah. It's time for. What? A game show! Yay! I'm so excited. I get
0: to be on your game show today. That's right.
1: Wow! My dream has come true of being the next Steve Harvey.
0: Oh wow!
1: And it's called.
0: What is it? The game stars game Show. Blah. I didn't understand that last part. It sounded like you just went blah. <laughs> yeah okay. well i'm so excited <laughs> to be here i can't wait to be a contestant which is now
1: all right michael yeah. contestant okay. number one is michael oh michael tell us about yourself
0: okay my name is michael and i'm so happy to be here i'm really all right really that's enough so
1: all me. right so <laughs> okay. first question michael okay. yeah. this is about jane's cooking are you ready
0: i haven't done my homework well that sucks for you <laughs>
1: no. all right question number one okay where did Jane get her famous mashed potato recipe?
0: Okay, now I'm pretty sure that I was here for this, and I was really mm-hmm. paying attention. I think it came from the HelloFresh package from the mail because you got all of those little potatoes. So <laughs> All right?
1: right, you got that right. Jane got her famous mashed potato recipe from HelloFresh when she first was introduced to cooking, kind of. Wow all right second question okay jane has been really great at making her gravy this is by fans everywhere of her gravy not just from jane herself okay what is jane's secret ingredient for making her gravy so yum yum yummy
0: well as your husband i obviously have to say the secret ingredient is love oh
1: all right. That's wrong. But okay. okay, not the answer we're looking for, okay, but okay. very all right, cute. Okay all, right, all right, okay. all right. All right. One more chance.
0: Okay, now, I know sometimes when you make this,
1: uh-huh.
0: normally it's just got the basic ingredients in it. Mm-hmm. But then you come in with a little extra dash of mustard. <gasps> but it's like different. It's like ground seeded mustard. Oh, my round. gosh.
1: You get double points. <laughs> bonus points for that because I was about to do a follow-up questions of specifically what mustard but you did it already you get a thousand extra bonus points is
0: this like whose line is it anyway where the points are made up and they don't matter
1: well we can't say that because we don't want to pay so
0: we can't say whose line is it okay okay.
1: (laughs) we can't like steal their lines uh Uh, we did not say any of those words not the game show Okay. okay next question what does jane add to homemade fries to ensure crispiness
0: uh i know what i add to homemade fries i don't know what you do off the top of my head what do you add i, had, I usually put like flour on top of them yeah
1: from because you got that from me oh i got that from you yeah
0: okay then flour <laughs> <laughs> did i get it right ding ding
1: ding <laughs> yes that is correct Flour prevents French fries from getting sticky.
0: Oh, that's right. I remember we had a whole thing where we we deep fried a lot of fries, and they got really fat. Oh, yeah, they got really
1: soggy. Yeah, and also we got really fat.
0: Oh, yeah, we did get fat. Yeah, bad times.
1: All right. Second, or no, that's that's not second question. The fourth question.
0: (laughs) You got got off by two.
1: When did Jane start baking macarons? Like
0: the date? You think I like wrote it down? <laughs> My I don't know. Calendar? Do
1: you do you love your wife?
0: <laughs> Not a lot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh let's see. Uh-oh. Let me let me try to uh let me try to guess. When did you start making macarons? 15 mac? seconds. Oh, it's when your cousin 15. RJ came out. Whenever that was. 14. Okay.
1: That's incorrect. Jane started baking macarons herself. November of 2020. And her cousin came August of 2020.
0: was right after. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, that you're, was the evolu- That's wrong. where it started.
0: He came out and he made the match.
1: I'm sorry. Contestants, <laughs> this is not a court of law where, Okay, this is not Judge Judy yet. All right.
0: I contest this.
1: <laughs> well, Michael, this is the last question now of the game show. Oh Are my you gosh. prepared for this? What do I win? nothing okay Okay. (laughs) obviously so (laughs) (laughs) this is now the red light not challenge because we can't steal from cash cash
0: you're really worried about copyright law
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm in hr so yes i'm very worried all right so michael you have 15 seconds to name seven of the 11 ingredients in Jane's carne asada marinade are you ready in,
0: just in the marinade
1: yep are you ready 15 seconds ready and go
0: oh, there's onion there's uh. there's no onion in it there's garlic uh. are, what are you, are you saying good. that does it right
1: yep garlic is good
0: soy sauce yep is that the same as the the Asian soy sauce you have yep cilantros in it yep there's 11? Yep. Salt, pepper? Are you counting like spices? Uh, uh, there's no salt or pepper? There's in? pepper, okay. not salt. There's no salt in it? Uh,
1: And time is up. <laughs> okay. You fail. How did I get You've got four. Oh. <laughs> there's 11? What are the 11? All right. So in Jane's famous carne asada marinade, the seven of the 11 ingredients. Oh, wait, no. There's 11 ingredients and it's soy sauce. I got that. Pepper. I said that. Cilantro. Garlic. I said that, right? Yep. So the ones you didn't say cumin.
0: Paprika. Oregano. Oh, yeah.
1: Chili powder. Lemon. Lime. And olive oil.
0: I should have gotten lemon and lime. You should have,
1: but you didn't, so you fail.
0: Do I win anything?
1: No, you failed the final question. It was really just down to the final question and the other questions mattered. I I don't think I said that in the beginning, but it's my game show. Okay,
0: so I I have to go home now?
1: Yeah, bye. And this concludes... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm hoping that I'll have my own game show on Game Show Network.
0: I'm sure we will be in discussions with them soon. Now, since we had such a good time on the game show i'd like to have us go into sad places now oh and remember uh, it's
1: quite a transition okay
0: (laughs) remember last week we left our viewers our listeners maybe some of them can see us in their mind we left our listeners with margie saying she's not gonna go if i go to hawaii can you help us get back on track here and where are we going
1: Right, so last episode you spent Thanksgiving with my family. My family from California came down. My cousin, uh, is getting married in Hawaii a couple months, and they really liked you and they decided to, you know, invite you to Hawaii that January. And so we're kind of looking at you going, and then I tell my sister, you know, Michael might go. I think he's, you know, he's getting ready to buy a ticket. And she's like, Well then I'm not going. And after that, I was like, are you serious? And she's like, I don't really need to go then. And I'm like, what the? F-? Right. Yeah. And so I go to my aunt who was outside in the yard with my mom. And I tell them, well, Margie's threatening to not go. And both my mom and my aunt are kind of like in shock and so my aunt was like, "Oh my god!" So my aunt has already been filled in with, you know, Margie's emotional state, mental state at this point, and all the history behind her not being so welcoming to us as a couple. You know, her, her and my mom talk a lot, and so I'm sure my mom has told her a lot more. Um, but she seems to be very in tune of what's been going on with my sister. And then she goes, "Oh my god! I mean, this really sucks," but. we have to
0: she's basically doing like a suicide pact with herself yeah where she's going to blow up the whole thing if i go
1: right and so my aunt was like well obviously we can't have her not go and even though you know we really like michael and you know this wasn't a planned thing with him we just kind of like invited him out of the blue which we're fine with but you know, we have to be considerate of your sister's emotional state. And at this point, I was just like, I hate this. Yeah. It's like, I don't really, I don't want to deal with this. You know, I don't want to go with her anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I tried to be understanding. And my mom was like, yeah, I mean, Michael really wasn't part of the plan. Right. So let's just, you know, you're just going to have to tell him. And so that's when I decided to text you and say, I don't think you can go.
0: Right. And. To me, I kind of knew that was coming anyway, mm-hmm. just by the way things were going. I didn't realize Margie had said, you know, really just put her foot down and mm-hmm. said, "You're he can't go. Or if he does go, I'm not going. Right. Which was crazy to me. I mean, again, we're talking about we have been dating over a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we're clearly very serious about each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not allowed to go on this trip because of your... Thirty, but she's thirty six. Thirty six year old sister is throwing a hissy fit about me going to a trip that's not even about her, right? And to this day, I'm still upset about not being able to go on this trip. But it just seems so crazy to me that I couldn't go. It just blows my mind. And Mm. when we actually go, you're we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Or when you go, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. We're actually engaged, and it's not like plans change i mean my Mm -hmm. fiance is going on a trip to hawaii without me because i was kicked out i mean i was invited and then told not to come
1: right yeah so you know in between thanksgiving and the hawaii trip in january we get engaged in december um but yeah you're right it didn't really change anything right it's just you still weren't yeah (laughs) you still weren't invited but uh or you were still uninvited and I remember for a while my sister and I actually weren't good with each other like I was kind of avoiding her a lot and I just you know didn't want to talk to her and I think she sensed it and one night you me and her went out for dinner and I think uh, she apologized to you like on your way we were like dropping you off at the apartment or something.
0: To me, it felt more like—I don't know if this makes sense—and maybe I'm just an asshole—but it felt like more of an apology for her own conscience instead of an apology to actually say sorry. You know how, like, you say, "Well, I told him I was sorry," you know, but it wasn't—it didn't feel genuine to me. It felt like a box you need to check for you. Yeah. And to this day, I've never really felt like an apology, a true from the heart apology, has ever happened. But it could just be—be be me being, you know, vengeful about it and full of. Um, anger is not the right word, but just it still sits with me and it still sits with, with me wrong what happened there. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know it wasn't, it was nice of them to invite me, but the fact that I was told not to come after I was already invited was, I mean, says so much to me that it was is crazy. I mean, it just, yeah, it was kind of the culmination of all the little barriers that she put up before all like in one last gasp yeah. of like attention. I don't know. I, I just took it the wrong way. I hated how it happened. I hated that I couldn't be on a trip with you for where you got like a week mm-hmm. that I couldn't be there with you to experience this stuff. And you just had to text me from home. And then, you know, while you're there, I'm supposed to be like fake happy for you that you're gone <laughs> this wedding. and you know, she's there and I was just pissed the whole time, but you had to be, I mean, I think you still had fun. I was just the one being. Um,
1: no, I right. mean, it was really, it kind of sucked because I was on my phone a lot too because I just wanted you to to know everything, what I'm doing and, you know, send you photos and texting you all the time. So I think that was the consequence for her was that I wasn't really present with her because I wanted to be with you. Right. Um, and I'm sure like, you know, she noticed that, that I was always on my phone. Like she could barely talk to me at the, on the trip, but you know, it, it could have been solved if you were just there and we all, we all could have spent time, but.
0: Did you talk to your family about what happened there at all? About what? I me mean, not being there. I mean, it had to have been at least a little bit of the elephant in the room.
1: Um, yeah, actually I was approached by a couple of, um, so my cousin's fiance. Obviously, his family was there, and we jibed really well with his cousins. Uh, and I think a couple of them were like trying to figure out my situation, even though I had a ring on. So at the time, we were already engaged. Um, and they were like, oh, I see you have a ring. Where's your, you know, I was asked by like three guys over there, uh, you know, what's the situation with you? Why isn't you here? And I said, oh, he just, he couldn't make it. And they were like, wow, what a bad guy. Like, he wouldn't be here with you. And I was like, that's not at all why it's, it's why he's not here. And I kind of had to explain a little bit, like, you know, kind of pointing at my sister. It was like someone just wasn't okay with with him coming along. And they were like, oh. And, you know, I explained a little bit more when I got alone with with these guys. You know, they were really, really nice guys. Um but, you know, they were just wondering. Because we all jibed pretty well, we were kind of just asking each other what the situation are, where are you guys from, you know, your family, all that kind of stuff. Um, my parents actually couldn't go either because they had to work. Right. Uh, and they couldn't get that time off. And so they were asking about that, too. But I think, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it was just one of those things that could have been a really good opportunity to bond with everyone. It was just a mist.
0: Yeah. It's like you're talking about with the guys... You know, I wasn't there to, you know, defend myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't have had to have defended myself if I was there. Right. But the fact that those questions have to come up and I was more than willing to go. Right. And it's just like you said, it was a lost opportunity for us and me to like meet your family because I haven't met them mm-hmm. that often or like your California family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we, I don't really meet them for real until our wedding. Right. And so it's all that time lost that I don't really know them mm-hmm. and don't get to hang out with them and be a part of their their wedding and everything that happened. And so to this day, I still bring up the fact that I can't go to Hawaii and I'm still, um, I'm never gonna forget it. And it's one of those things that will make me mad till probably the day I die. It's just the audacity to do that. And maybe it wasn't my place to go Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's just my own issues I have to deal with, but I wasn't, I'm still not happy about that trip.
1: I will say also, you know, because I was so mad about the whole situation. I ended up telling my friends, you know, Stacy, Alma, all my girlfriends, Lauren, and it kind of ruined their relationship for a little bit with Margie too because they know all the struggles that you and I went through because of her emotional and mental state. Um, that's being a little, it, it was—it got hostile, mm-hmm. you know, with her um, to a point where they just didn't understand and... Alma, who's who, you know, is probably the closest friend of mine that's close to Margie, uh, actually ended up not inviting her to a birthday thing that she used to invite Margie every year to. And it hurt Margie's feelings. Yeah. And I remember, I guess, tears were shed. But at the end of the day, I mean, these are the consequences of your actions. I don't really feel as bad as I should have. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know it was Alma also kind of left it up to me. Like, do you want me to invite your sister? And I was like, it's up to you. Because at this point, I don't want to decide like if you want her there, fine. But, you know, I'm bringing Michael. Yeah. And at that time, we were already living with each other. It was like February the next month or something after Hawaii. But, you know, Alma just kind of put her foot down and said, I don't want you and Michael to be, you know, uncomfortable. Because you got this, you know, person here who's going to make you feel bad or something.
0: Yeah, and I guess next week we need to talk about, because things kind of get worse before they get better. Because mm-hmm. things, I will say, things get a lot better between everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but next week is our engagement. And the what should have been a very happy time in our lives becomes very uh, complicated. <laughs> and I think we should get into that next week. Yes. And that'll be a big, we might have to put that one in two parts, because there's a lot that happens with the mm-hmm. engagement.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: And the fallout. Because you can kind of see where this is going, right? Margie's kind of pushing back the idea of us getting closer and being a part of your life and things Mm -hmm. that you do. And then a month later, I ask you to marry me. And that's going to set up a lot of events. Yes. So stay tuned next week (laughs) for the events that occur of what should have been a happy time. turns into quite the Romeo and Juliet Or uh, Shakespeare tragedy.
1: (laughs) Before next week's episode, you can catch up with us on our Instagram at millennial underscore marriage underscore podcast or send us any feedback or fan mail. All you fans out there on our email, through our email, on our email, through our email. (laughs) You've got mail. At MMPodcast.AZ at gmail.com.
0: And with that, Shway, take us out. And she can knock out Rocky bible